Do you ever feel like that you could be getting more out of your relationships? Or maybe you just haven't connected to the right people. Maybe it's because you need to refine your vision. We've been talking about the power of vision here at Needed Conversations. So stay tuned because we've got a lot of power principles to give you. Yes. Yes, welcome back. If you've joined us from last week, we talked about the power of vision. And this week, we're going to talk about vision uh, for the singles. And uh, before you turn this off, even if you're not a single person, I think that this is relevant for an individual, not necessarily like a single person looking for marriage or a relationship, because I think that all of us as individuals need to have a vision. And I think that it directly correlates with purpose. So you want to stay tuned as we discuss and give you guys tips uh, and some principles in regards to writing a vision as an individual. Um, Yeah, just to recap a little bit and to move into today's topic, when you have a vision, um, it really uh, gives you the confidence to say no to things that don't align with your purpose. And um, so many of us are yes people. Mm -hmm. I know that I found myself in the people-pleasing Uh, category at certain seasons of my life. But really, um, when I got a vision for my life, it really helped bring the right boundaries in and really dictated to which relationships will be beneficial and which relationships really bog you down. And that's especially true if you're single and you're hoping to be married. If you don't have a vision for your life, then who you get married to um, is really inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. then when you do find that point of frustration and you finally decide what you want to do with your life, you may end up looking at that partner and saying, how is this going to work? Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so important if you're single right now that you understand who you are in Christ, that you write a vision for your life that is so clear that that vision in and of itself is the repellent to detour all of the people who just don't qualify. Yes. They might be good people, but does your vision align with theirs? Does your purpose run parallel with theirs? And that's what happens when you write a vision. It's what happened for me. I know Mm -hmm. that for a fact. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here today in Victoria is a product of a vision that I wrote for myself about 10 years ago. When we first started dating, I actually... um, talk to her about that vision. And then when we got engaged, I remember her coming over to my house, um, which was also a manifestation. Yeah, of my he vision. actually has a scrapbook with pictures. Um, of course, not a picture of a potential spouse, but uh, like a potential car that he wanted at that time and like a house. And the first house that he bought, which we moved in or I moved in once we got married, that was his first uh, buy was exactly what he written in the vision. So it was yeah. pretty incredible to see even just him putting out visuals. He may have had it in his mind, but just to know that, um, you know, he created that vision and he wrote this, the stuff out, but also seeing it in pictures and coming yeah. it to pass was really, really cool. Yeah, down to the fine details of what the style would be. Um, I wanted wood floors in the living areas, and then I wanted carpet in the bedrooms. I wanted three bedrooms and two baths and blah, blah, blah. And I wrote a vision for what my dream home was, which has shifted now, um, you know, because my style has evolved. But um, 
overall, that first house, I wrote what I wanted for my first house and what I wanted for my dream house. And it was like to a T. Not only that, I wrote down what I would need in a spouse, right? I categorized that vision into what I felt like my calling was, what I felt like my career path would be, what education uh, I would need to accomplish that, what traditions I wanted to pass down um, to my children and carry into my future marriage, and then the type of spouse that I would need. I didn't list out superficial qualities. She's got to have this color hair, this color eyes, this tall, this, you know, whatever. I, I wrote down the qualities of a woman that would that would work um, in such a complementary way mm-hmm. with with my personality and what God wanted me to accomplish. I knew she I wanted a bilingual wife. Mm-hmm. That was and one that of the was things. actually in the notebook too. It says yeah. bilingual, which was really interesting. Um, or multiple languages. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted a wife who was really centered on family. That that was really a part of her core values is that she wanted to build a family and and you know she would sacrifice anything to have that. As would I, and so I needed someone with equal you know kind of value system. All of that was listed in more, and it was Victoria all yeah. day long. You know what I love about vision is that it helps you define what your beliefs are mm-hmm. and who you are because it's so easy for us to be swayed by what's going on and not like you said you know most people don't have that before they get married um and then they jump in and they're like wow we're not even compatible we don't have any of this stuff in common mm-hmm. and that's not to say that you know that there's not redemption there that you guys cannot correct you know certain things and come together um, in unity and figure out what needs to be adjusted. Uh, but it does make it a lot harder if you don't have a vision for your life as a single person. Like I said, it will sway you. And I feel like that you will be distracted and um, you will definitely accomplish a lot less in life um, than having written out the vision and just really seeing uh, it come to pass right in front of your eyes. So I think that that was a very important foundation for yeah. us as, you know, single people to have something at the forefront so that whenever something did come to us or someone, we knew right away whether this is going to work or not, right. you know? So last week I talked about kind of how vision works. I'm a very analytical thinker um, at times. Um, vision is kind of that long-term outlook where you see yourself 20 years from now. Helen Keller said, you know, the most, you know, devastating thing is to to have sight, but no vision. Mm. Of course, we know that she was deaf and blind. And she became one of the most profound um, scholars um, in our history um, as humans. And how inspiring she was to be blind and deaf, but to be able to see the world uh, as it could be. This was the kind of person she was, and I'm challenged deeply about that. Having all of my senses, uh, what am I seeing? What am I envisioning the world to be in the years to come? So vision is that long-term strategy, and I encourage you to write it in in blocks of 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then break down that 20 years into 
um, you know, segments of 10 years, five years, and then every single year address that. Address the year ahead and say, what have I accomplished in the year prior? And what do I need to do this year to push me forward towards um, this vision? And that vision is compartmentalized in into uh, several categories of your life. My mentor, Dr. Trim, has a book called Hello Tomorrow, which um, will really outline a good um, 12 categories for you to write vision in, but that vision dictates to your strategy. Your strategy is, is what you allow and disallow in your life, who you will interact with, what kind of activities you will engage in, what kind of culture that you will have in your home. Um, and then that strategy will dictate to your goals, which are the smaller milestones, which um, you set out in, in the years ahead or in a year ahead and say, by the first quarter of next year, I will have accomplished this. By second quarter, this, third, fourth, etc. And those little milestones will be opportunities for you to celebrate what you've accomplished and um, celebrate with others. Give yourself a pat on the back. Um, what I've learned is, is that what or who you celebrate uh, is uh, drawn closer to you. Mm -hmm. uh, what you fail to celebrate or who you fail to celebrate moves further away from you. Mm -hmm. And so even in the hustle and the bustle of the grind, you've got to stop and celebrate what you've accomplished. And that really gives you the boost that you need to move even further quicker. Mm -hmm. um, and then those goals will enable you, along with your strategy, to say no with confidence even to good opportunities. And if you're single out there, even to good people. And this is what I'll say. I dated, you know, a few women before Victoria that were amazing women in their own right. They, you know, they were preachers. They were God-fearing women. They were filled with the spirit, um, very educated. You know, they had a lot of goals and dreams and vision, but their vision and my vision we're not the same. The things that we wanted out of life and the timing of which we wanted, you know, I can remember one person in particular, you know, they wanted to do this, this, and this, you know, with their career and their education and all of that before they even considered children. They like, I want to be like 35 before I even consider having a child. Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted a child right away. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to sacrifice whatever in my life to have a family first, you know, obviously there are some practical things you need to have in order, you know, to provide for your family. But I didn't want to wait till my 30s to start having children. I actually want to be the type of person for when I retire that I'm still young enough to enjoy my retirement as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and also not still have kids at home. I want to be able to have kids that are adults, be able to have grandchildren. That's just what I wanted. She did not want that. That along with several other things that were indicators based on the vision that I had, you know, allowed me to put the brakes on that relationship with confidence and not cross the physical boundaries, um, you know, that so many people cross that makes them blinded to everything that we're talking about here. And I was able to put the brakes on that relationship and walk away. Mm -hmm. And if I wouldn't have walked away from that relationship, I would be miserable. I would have never met Victoria. I wouldn't be where I am today. And it all has to do with the power of vision and me saying, this is the kind of woman that I need. These are the values she has to have. These 
uh, are the vision similarities that we need in order for this relationship to work. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have to really know, you know, your purpose and what you're called to do. And that will in turn will give you the conversation that you ought to have even, you know, when you are in the field and you're having relationships and friendships and you're possibly trying to find a potential spouse instead of going into dating and you're serious, but you don't know what questions to ask. And that's a scary place to be because then, you know, whatever the relationship is, it's like you're either going to settle or, you know, you're, you're going to be scared and you're going to back out of it. So it's very important to define what it is that you want in life so that whenever you make those big steps, because marriage is a very big step, it's one of the biggest steps that you will make. Uh, you know, the person that you really connect yourself for life uh, is a very, very important step. And I think that it shouldn't be approached lightly. And that's just one of the things that you can do as a single person to really help you just clear out through the noise, mm -hmm. to really define what you want out of life, what you want to accomplish. And guess what? There's not a lid. Like you don't have to put your life on hold as a single person. Right. You can do so many things. A lot of people think that that's the next step is for them to get married or mm -hmm. to find a spouse. And so they just sit there and wait when, you know, you, you can go to school. It's a lot easier to go to school when you're, you know, single and you don't have children or you don't have that financial burden of feeling like you got to, you know, provide for your family or you have to put these things first. Um, I mean, we've experienced it ourselves, you know, even though Ryan was already in school when he first got married, it's still a lot harder because there's things that have to shift. There's a lot of sacrificing that goes on. So you can get a career going. You, you know, you can volunteer, you can go to conferences, you can meet some incredible people. So you don't have to like stop your life so that you can wait for that next to happen to you. It's like create your life, you know? And, you know, th there's a lot that I want to say here, just thinking about on, on my own experience. Marriage is not a goal. Mm. It's not a, something that you check off of a list. But marriage is a part of your strategy mm. because you're going to partner with someone to fulfill a greater mission together that you would otherwise not be able to accomplish by yourself. And while you're single, you're going to be building all of these um you know, th this arsenal of tools that you're going to carry into that partnership, whether that be your education, whether that be disciplining your life, you know, creating routines, buying your first house, you know, paying off debt. You've got all of this time at your disposal and you really don't know how much time you have until you do get married mm -hmm. and then you have children and then you've got all of these responsibilities. Now is the time for you to um, to build up your muscles, your strength, so that when you step into that relationship, um, you will be able to bring a lot to the table. It's not something you check off of a list because then you're going to end up in a failed relationship because you don't understand that this is a lifetime partnership that takes intentionality, that we work together constantly to accomplish a greater mission. You're going to be off on your own trying to do your own thing. If you don't have some level of commonality, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I didn't have the same kind of a vision, I guess, for my life as you did. 
Um, and that's the beauty of it is even when you do come together, it's not like you lose your individuality or your dreams are all now on hold and you can't accomplish things. Like and I, let's explain I that a little bit. Yeah, because I present like when we write our vision, I present things that I want to accomplish. And then Ryan presents what he wants to accomplish. And then we come together, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But I just wanted to really I feel like a lot of uh, females out there, you know, especially our, the younger generation. Um, don't feel like they want to be tied down or mm-hmm. bogged down by a family. And I think that family is the most important work, Not regardless of what it looks like. Even if you're a career woman or you're the one that's getting paid more in the household or you're the one who's running a business, um, I think that there's power in being a nurturer. Um, and women do phenomenal, I think, at multitasking. And not to say that men are not, but... I think that you can do both. You can be a career woman and Mm -hmm. also have a family and still be able to fulfill your dreams, you know? Okay, let's say this. We have the same vision, but we both brought something different to the table. Yeah. We have different gifts. Mm -hmm. We have vastly different personalities. We have different passions. We both wanted ministry and family, but we both um, had a different thing that we were bringing to the equation, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's that's so important to understand is that what what brings us together are, are those core elements of family, of discipling others, mm-hmm. of um, you know building a business, mm-hmm. financial freedom, and um, leaving an inheritance to our children. Those are the things that kind of you know keep us glued together. But when it comes down to it. I'm going to stand on the stage with a microphone and preach. She just doesn't have that passion. Right. I feel like I'm I'm better. I'm really well with like one-on-one people, you know, relationships. And I I am his eyes in the back of his head. So I see things that he does not see. And that's, that's our partnership together is, you know, I hear people say being equally yoked and I feel like that they misuse um, this, this, um, phrase so often because I feel like that sometimes in our mind we just want to be selfish and we think that if a person is going to be connected to us in some way they have to push our dreams forward and guess what when you're in a partnership there are times when some things may be set on the side for just a time being you know while something is in progress for example like we started having children um, but it doesn't mean that you know that one one person's dream is put at the forefront um, above somebody else. I think we submit to one another and we both are under mission and we both try to push each other in what our purpose and our calling is for our life. And that's the beauty of this partnership. Like when we sat down and wrote out our vision for this year, we have a family vision Mm -hmm. and then we have individual uh, visions. And that really helps us to clarify as individuals how we can help one another. You right. know, I can say, okay, Victoria wants, and she has this lifestyle business that she is growing. And I could say, I can contribute here. Mm-hmm. I, I can help you with technology because mm-hmm. I'm really good at technology. And I don't, I can really help care. you with the creative and branding. Yeah. And she's going to look at my vision of ministry and say, I can help uh, ease your burden here so you can do that. Mm-hmm. I can help um, you construct this or that because I'm good with my hands. You know, and, and this is what we've discussed before, too, is that it helps to clear away the distractions. And so for us as individuals, you know, when we set a vision for ourselves, that's what's going to help us to really stay focused every week, every day, 
every month to chip away at the goal that we have set um, and really just keep ourselves accountable as individuals. Like this is where I'm going to go and not allow the opinions of others to dictate where we're going to go or what we're going to do. You know, I've heard one um, motivational speaker and that kind of really freed me up uh, is that a lot of people are afraid to say, no, I have something on calendar, even if it says, uh, if you put down on the calendar that every single day, like at six o'clock in the morning, you go work out and somebody says, well, can you do this? Don't say yes. Say, no, I have something to do. And guess what? You don't owe anybody an explanation. I think that's something that really has been irking me this these past few years is that people always feel like they have to explain themselves why they're doing what they're yeah. doing. You don't All you have owe, to do is say, I have just a meeting. Just say, I just have a meeting. Or, yeah, I a have meeting a meeting with, with myself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Put yourself on calendar because you are very important as well. You if, have to take care of yourself. That is especially true when you start moving into independent um, financial living. And mm -hmm. I say entrepreneurship, starting a business, working for yourself, which is the dream of so many people, is that you are going to have to start making your calendar a priority in as much as you make others. Yeah. And, you know, we don't, we're not saying not to network with people, but I think when you have a vision, you'll know exactly who to network with. That you have undistracted no time yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, when it comes to uh, your future marriage, or if you're married out there, you're gonna have to negotiate with one another. Mm -hmm. Like there were several years there that I had to, that I had to go to school um, because that was what was needed for my career path. And so I went to school, and she picked up some slack in other areas. And then when I accomplished school, now you know I'm allowing her to do this or this while I take care of some you know other things and we balance with the business uh needs and the ministry it, it's a it's a push and pull kind of situation mm -hmm. but it's something that has to be negotiated every single year where I look at what we're doing together what we're accomplishing separately and helping each other to fill in all the gaps so if you're single um, right now is a good opportunity for you um, to be able to um, stretch out your wings and fly. Mm -hmm. um, even Paul talks about it, that when you become married, your first priority will be that other person. And there are going to be compromises that you have to make, even in the best of situations. We're talking about negotiating here. Mm -hmm. So you, you need to know that going into marriage, that there are going to be some things I have to negotiate with. And right now, as a single person, you have the liberty to do what you want, when you want to do it, and just allow the Holy Spirit to be the one to set your daily agenda. Um, anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, and this is something that we teach, you know, in our dating and singles course or engaged people uh, on our um courses, our 90-day mentorship program called I Love You More, Most, and Forever is the fact that when you become in a, when you come to a place when you're content with yourself, and I feel like that vision for individuals is the place where you can get to that place where you don't longer feel like this is your next step and this is what you need to do. I feel like both of us had that sense as well. And I've I told numerous of the females that always ask me, like, how do you know or when is it going to come my way? And I said, it's really when in your heart 
you really are fulfilled with your own selves. Not just you verbally saying, yeah, I'm fulfilled and yeah. I'm, I'm just ready for the next time. No, you're really content. And that was the year I was really content. Just me, God, and what I was doing with my life, you know, in my volunteer work and everything that I was getting myself involved with. And guess what? It came so quick. We were... Um, we went on a date like in February, we were engaged in April, we were married in October. So it will mm -hmm. come right quick. And God will, I feel like, connect you with the right people when you really take the time to, you know, um, get amidst other groups of people. I think one of the things that we hear a lot, and I know it's due to COVID-19, you know, there are restrictions when it comes to socializing. Um, I feel like that they're having a hard time, you know, finding good people, even like in church. Um, and that's one thing that we, you know, recommend is, you know, change up your routine, get around other people, do other things, things yeah. that you're not maybe comfortable with doing. Step out and of that zone. And maybe you'll meet yeah. that person. Maybe it's in the grocery store. Maybe it's at the gas station, you know, don't just stick to your routine. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to get to a place where you're content with yourself. And I feel like that the next will come, you know, when God sees that you are fit and ready Um to move into that season. This is one of the most important parts of the dating process. You know, in my book, I talk about the outer court, which deals with the spiritual qualifications. Are they saved? Do they have a passion for the things of God in the same way that you do? Um, and then what are their core values? But when you move into the inner court, um, you have the candelabra, which speaks to vision. You have the table of showbread, which speaks to routines, traditions, habits. And you have the altar of incense, which, which speaks to communication. Mm. Those are the matters of your soul. How you communicate, where you see yourself going with your life, shining light on the dark places of, of, of your heart, um, and then uh, exposing the weaknesses of your routines and also some of the toxic traditions that are going on in your family and saying, no, this is the kind of life I want to lead. Exposing that uh, in the dating process is going to really determine whether or not you move forward into the most holy place, which is the place of covenant. And all of this should happen before you get physical. Mm -hmm. Once you get physical, those sensory um, you know, mechanisms within your brain to be able to spot those red flags are going to be muted. And you have to keep those sensory signals open to be able to recognize, oh my gosh, this person wants something different out of life than I do. Even though I find them attractive, even though there's quote unquote chemistry there, you know, that, that, those little feelings are going to come and go like the waves in the ocean. We always say the tide mm -hmm. rolls in at seasons, the tide rolls out in season. And what's going to keep you really stuck like glue to that person is your relationship with Christ. Number one, that's the outer court and that inner court, which is having a common vision for your life, what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's all, it all comes down to purpose. Mm -hmm. And I want to throw this out, um, as a little freebie to everybody, you know, purpose deals with, um, you know, a people that you're called to serve, a problem that you're called to solve, a passion you're called to pursue and a place that you're called to do it. And, um, if you can settle on those P words right there, your eyes will be opened to, okay, this is why I was born. This is why God placed me here on the earth during this season. And I had to be born now 
than in any other time in history because this is the people I'm called to serve. This is the problems I'm called to solve. This is the passion that I'm called to pursue. And this is the place that I'm going to do it. Um, I, I'm excited to offer coming at the beginning of the year a course on purpose that's mm-hmm. going to deal with each one of those categories. And uh, we want you to be the first to find out about it. Also, we're going to be re, uh, relaunching our course for singles. Mm-hmm. I love you more, most and forever. And a whole other spectrum of courses in the year ahead. So I want you to go to my website right now, RyanColeEmpowerment.com. And I want you to sign up for my email list there. And uh, there's a freebie there. It's going to be how to hear the voice of God, learning how to hear the voice of God. It's called Incline Your Ear. It's a one-week devotional that's going to really set you up for for your new year. And we've also got a a vision uh, worksheet. Like a a vision planner guide, yes. so that we it's it's in short. You don't have to you know. We want you to listen to these podcasts, but it's gonna break it down because I think when I started searching for specific planners or something to help you make sure that you write out your vision really well, you can kind of like pick and choose through certain things. So I kind of try and try to collaborate, you know, our ideas together and give you a, like a a download that you can have so that um it's gonna be easier for you to write that vision that we're talking about. Yes. So make sure you go to RyanColeEmpowerment.com right now. Check out those resources. uh, And next week, we're going to be digging even further into this topic. Hey, and listen, if you are single, you need to buy that book if you have not. Mm. It's I Love You More, Most, and Forever. It's really going to set you up for success in regards to your relationship with God, but also to set you up for your future spouse. So be sure to buy that book as well. If you're on YouTube right now, why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Also, if you're listening to podcasts, make sure you subscribe, rate this podcast and let us know um, how your life is being impacted by um, these episodes. Yes. Until next time, you've been listening to Needed Needed Conversations. Conversations.